Hey everyone, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Iconist Podcast. As usual, I'm here with my side, the one and only Mr. Rod C. Ladies and gentlemen, good day, good day. Aha! Right, so. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're good. Um, <laughs> you know, a little bit tired today. I mean, I'm a little bit tired today. I went out to, uh, you know, by the time this comes out, I was at like a wedding reception last night. A lot of fun. But back to business. Uh, so first of all, I'm your host, Barry3D. I'm here with Mr. Rod C. And mm-hmm. this is the Iconist Podcast. And on that note, we are here to bring you another fun episode today that uh, we are, hopefully, you will all enjoy. We are in our third year of doing this podcast. This is exciting. Love it. Thank you for being there. And for those who have just come on, go back. Check out the rest of the stuff we've done. We, we've had a lot. We got stuff on our community tab. We got older videos. We got unboxing videos. And we've got some interviews. Interviews with uh, Gail Simone. Go and check that out. Mm-hmm. Interview with Salman Madroski. Go and check that one out. He's uh, the cover artist for X23 and a writer also on top of that. He has a lot of influence with Captain Canuck. So really great, insightful. Go and check that out. As you- usual, we've got to make the round tables and, you know, manners make it the man. So we're going to do that and get mm-hmm. that out the way. If you want to see all the stuff we talk about and you want to go and pick it up from a comic book store, there's two comic book stores. I'll even say three. There's three comic book stores that we're down with right now. So first of all, you got to check out Wow Comics out in Kitchener. Tell Wes and the guys we said hi. If you're out in Cambridge, go The Hero's Tale. New comic book store out in Cambridge. Tell Andrew and the rest of the guys we said hi from the Iconist podcast. And for our friends out in Montreal, you can always check out Gex Wings on the South Shore. Tell Trevor and the rest of the guys we said hi. A lot of fun. You can't miss out. Start your collection. Build it up right. Of course, uh, we're going now with um, a friend of the show, Miss Brandy Ford. She's got her magazine, The Writer and the Wit, comes out every month. And she has her radio show on 4680Q.com three times a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. It's at 2 o'clock, and on Saturdays it's at noon. You can't miss it. Um, Also, if you want to see what I'm going to be at, I do comedy all over the time, all over the place. And you can check it out at Barry3D.com. That is my website. You can always see where I'm going to be at. And also, you know, updates on this show. And when I'm also with my group that I'm part of, that's a touch of gray matter. That's myself, Dave Sokolowski, and Zolfal Lee. Come and check us out. We always got something going on that's really a lot of fun. Ooh, on that note, Rod, mm. where can we find you? You can find me on the World Wide Web, as I always say. You can find me on the world of Instagram. You can find me at Mr. Rod C, M-R-R-O-D-C. You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DJ Rod C. You can find me in the world of TikTok. You can find me there with DJ Rod C1. That's DJ Rod C one find me anywhere you can hail me up say you shout me out and just say hey i saw you on iconis beautiful give me a hail back let's go absolutely and on top of that we are also a part of the subculture podcast network it's our uh podcast along with a few others check those ones out along with ours help us all grow and like subscribe and share we need the numbers. Help us. That's your mission. Mm. Now, we mentioned our favorite comic book stores, and there's still more out there. We want to see where your favorite comic book store is out. So give us a plug. Uh, you know, let us know where they're out. Let me, send us some pictures. We'll check those out for sure. we got to maybe get an email address. And if not, just tag us on social media, right? We're all over there. Uh, and you can see our links with all that. Also, if you want to do a podcast, like we're doing a podcast, we use Podbean. So if you want to find our show, it's literally like conus.podbean.com. 
that's our show. You can make yours also. And if you're going to do that, you're going to need a good graphic artist. No matter where you are in the world, you can always reach out to them. And that's who are we talking about, Rod? Jay Bird Digital Art. Jay Bird Digital Arts, Mr. Jason Reese. Let's go. Give him a shout. Let him know you heard about him on the Iconist podcast. And uh, he will give you a discount. Or let him know you heard about him on the Iconist podcast. And he will give you a discount. I told you I'm a little bit tired today. He will give you a discount on the work. Uh, I apologize. I went out. That is, you know, it's a reception. I got on the dance floor. I had delusions of grandeur. I became dance floor one more time. People, you don't understand what I did on that dance floor. My body doesn't Uh. understand it. My smartwatch was like, what are you doing? Your heart rate is going up. Hold up now. Did you put a requisition for that? That's your brain site. No one put a requisition. Default. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, the mind is young. The body is saying, "Hold up, now, son." Okay. So on, on that, son. hold up, son. On today's to afternoons tonight, whenever you listen to this podcast or watch it, we are talking about the icon is on the Iconist podcast is Shogun Warriors. Shogun Warriors. Now, why Shogun Warriors and which one are we talking about? We're gonna get straight to it, right? Shogun <laughs> Warriors had a whole toy line, but we're talking about Shogun Warriors by Marvel Comics that came out in 1979 and ran to 1980. So, you know, first appearance, first issue came out in July of 1979. It ran oh, no, February, February, February. Oh, February. February. Yeah, February, February, 1979. Yep. My bad. Thank you. See, see, that's why it's always good to have someone here a little bit smarter than you. Uh, so February. I know what you're looking at. Yep. Yeah. February of 1979 up to 1980. It ran 20 issues. There was no annuals. And they had mm-hmm. one crossover, believe it or not. And all the, yeah. they're in the Marvel Universe. Who teamed up with them? Well, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was interesting. So the history of the Shogun Warriors, it's, you know, as a young kid, I saw this. So everyone always hears me talk about Micronauts, but at the same time, I pretty much bought Micronauts. Uh, later on, I saw the Golden Warriors. It was giant robots. I'm in. If you grew up with Ultraman, mm. okay, if you watch Godzilla with Jet Jaguar, that was in there, I'm in. Yep. You giant robot? Okay, nothing Godzilla. I'm in. It, it, you know, twist my rubber arm. And that's why I picked this up. So, um, the whole process of this is like the invincible guardians of world freedom. And that's the Shogun Warriors. Now it had some writers. So the writers behind this was uh Duck, sorry, Doug Monick and Stephen Grant. And it had pencilers on there that was uh Herb Trimp uh Trimpy. Huh? I know yep. I'm bad with the names. And Mike Fosberg. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's got eight so the creators behind this was Doug Monick. Right, and then it had a uh, Herb Trimpy. So it had, that's what I'm seeing here as the creators. Do you had another one, or am I missing my information here? Oh no, no, no. Well, it's listed St- Stephen Grant uh, as well. Well, as as the writers. Oh, okay, it's great. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, be right. Created, created by what? Doug and Herb. Doug and Herb were the creator. My apologies. You are absolutely right. correct. The last time I heard Doug and Herbie together, it was the showstopper. Six minutes, six minutes, six minutes. Dougie Fresh, you're on. Herb the love bug. Okay, I'm old school. <laughs> yeah, deep cut. You like that one, didn't you? Very nice. Very nice. Good. 
Touche. Point. Thank you. So getting back to it, so a whole lot of times is what Marvel was doing. Marvel at the time, especially in the 70s, 80s, like late 70s, early 80s, they would turn around and acquire a lot of license and then put those into books. So they did that with Micronauts. They did that with Man from Atlantis, which we covered. They did that with Logan's Run. Uh, they did that. Um, let's see. Uh, I want to say Machine, Machine Man to a certain degree because they had 2001 Space Odyssey, which, right, right uh, of course, Godzilla. So Marvel would just say, we'll take the license on all these properties, all these IPs, and we're going to turn them into something. So Shogun Warriors originally started off as a toy line. And they turned around and said, well, we're going to take these, we're going to put a story to it and see how it goes. So one of the toy line, there was multiple giant robots that were out there, a part of this toy line. I think by Poppy Toys. Um, Mattel yep. got the license for these toys. So that was over in Japan, and Mattel got the license for these and brought them over to North American Soils, with the name, put them out, and they kind of merged them with the Godzilla, Godzilla toy. So if you bought the big giant Godzilla toy back in the day, you would have the Shogun Warriors to fight them. And, you know, we all know Godzilla is towering over buildings and the Shogun Warriors at the same height. So you had them to battle him and that was it. But there was really no storyline. And even during the run of the Godzilla comic book by Marvel and Shogun Warriors, they never crisscrossed. Right. Never. They never met up. Right. The, the one who came closest to them was Red Ronin through a Marvel comic and then Avengers who was another giant robot that was created here and ties with Jimmy Woo from WandaVision. Jimmy Woo had a big presence in the comic book of Godzilla but they never crisscrossed at all which I thought was a missed opportunity. I couldn't understand why they didn't do that. I'd have to do more research and Red Ronin was never a Shogun warrior. So on the toy line you had like uh, the major, like the Super 5 or 5, something like that along those lines. And it had the cartoons, so you had the toys, you had the Japanese cartoons of Raiden, Vanguard Ace, Umbatra V, and those were the main ones. And they had their own storylines all in there. Japanese animated, you could still find some of these here on YouTube for people that are watching on YouTube. You could find them here, and some are very hard to find, but they're out there. Full-out series fleshed out. Then they started making the toy line, and they added more to the toy line. So Grandizer Z was part of the toy line, right? Um, you know, so, you know, sorry, Mangeiser Z was part of the toy line, and Grandizer was part of the toy line. So Grandizer, Golderak, they put them all part of the toy line. This giant robot, they're all die. The smaller ones were die-cast metal a little bit posable, and that's how it's spun off. They turned around and said, hey, we're going to take some of them, maybe the more popular ones, form them as a team, and that's your Shogun Warriors. So on the team in the comic book from Marvel, you had Raiding, Vanguard Ace, and Combatra. We're off, we're off to start. Now, here's where a lot of elements to me merged. What it was is the Earth beginning of time the earth has been populated nobody's there it started with some dinosaurs it's new in the universe and then from outer space comes a spaceship lands with this evil aliens that say this is a good place for us to start doing some experiments 
and taking the resources and uh, making a stronghold on here. Ah. Let's, let's pitch camp right here. This is a nice place. Let's pitch camp. Let's pitch camp here. That's what he's saying. Right. Basically. Mm, right. Sorry. Like the, you know, the Lords of Darkness. Like, that's what we're doing. But then the Lords of Light. Demon dogs. I know. I know. It's Lords of Light. I hear it all the time in Thunder and the Barbarian, which we did cover. Uh, plug, plug, plug. They come in and they show up after. I know you're dying. They come in, they show up after, and they land. It's like, no, we can't let this happen. We're going to fight because we're the Lords of Light. We can't let evil prevail. And they got into a war back and forth on Earth. And what they did, the Lords of Light, was they were able to take, I think, the Mercons and, and, and capture them inside of Volcano and put them in suspended mm-hmm. animation. And then they went back, the Lords of Light went back to outer space and they left some of their ancestors here who looked human, but they're not human. And they formed Sanctuary. And Sanctuary looked like a, a giant uh, tank, an on cross, the Egyptian cross, right? If you picture right. it. And, but it's just lying down flat and it's a huge building and they had super science and a head and they made the Shogun Warriors, the robots I'm talking. The robots needed pilots. So over either... I'm not sure if they were long-lived, this race, or how they went about it. Not immortal, but could be could be long-lived, or maybe immortal, but still could succumb to damage or, or uh, you know, they could damages later on. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, they you know if they got like extremely, they weren't they weren't immune. They can still take, you know, be shot. They can still be stabbed right. and punched and whatever. They just were long-lived. 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 Exactly. And they would turn around and they would keep an eye out and they're like, okay, we got to keep an eye on mankind. We got to make sure that I think, you know, uh, those evil forces, the Lords of Darkness don't wake up. Keep an eye on a volcano. We're good. Everyone's good. We're just here as guardians. We're just a couple of people. And they they age slowly, but they're scientists. So I said, they made the, ro- the robots from way back then. They never had pilots, never had no reason to use it until the volcano erupted. Waking up said bad guys mm. suspended animation because that's where they're trapped. They were trapped in the volcano, suspended animation. It woke them up. Okay. Let's put a pause here for half a second. Volcano. Bad guys in it. Suspended mm-hmm. animation. Volcano mm-hmm. erupts. Bad guys mm. wake up. Mm. Where have I heard this storyline before? Well, farmers. Thank you. Transformers. Transformers. Can I say that out loud? (laughs) Transformers. The Transformer cartoon didn't start till like later on, like the Transformer cartoon for, I don't even know offhand, but it it definitely wasn't in 1979. Interesting. Come on. Come on, son. Come on, on, son. son. You need some cold notes from someplace? We'll just leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. I had to laugh when I saw already read that. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, 100%. it was too similar, too 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 similar, too similar indeed. Uh, yeah, I I saw I saw that, and as you mentioned that, it, it does like say, hmm, you're right. We we have seen that before, but it's great. Hey, the the the, the lords of the followers of light, you know, or long live, and. As Barry's gonna say, they basically, you know, 
was shaken out of suspended animation. I don't know if someone you know got shook and fell into a beam of light and was able to regenerate into an up-to-date human, but we won't get into that. Jokingly, no, doubt that. Uh, but the great thing about it is that you now have the new, I mean, the the followers, those who are stayed behind, who basically to to defend and be basically watchers to make sure everything is okay in the time being, you find out, hey, we need we need people to uh sorry, they come out of suspended animation. We now realizing, oh snap, uh we need to be able to defend ourselves and defend this this world. Thank God we made robots back in the days. We've been smart and we kept updating as technology moved ahead. Although we were still fast. The nice thing, I'll put, I'll put that as a note. Barry didn't get a chance to say that, but I know he'll say it later, but I'll say it now. The great thing about this, the followers of light is, again, from another planet. As I mean, from else, you know, another galaxy, another world. So you know they're futuristic, George Jetson. They have the skills. They have the technology. They can build them. So they are a futuristic living in a old time. Again, Transformers. We won't make the connection anymore. Or shall we? I wonder. (laughs) It's funny. That's what I said. I mean, I was looking at that and I'm like, huh. And once again, Transformers was, you know, you know, once again, Marvel turned around and got Transformers, brought them in and saying, okay, this is what we're doing. And someone must have said, hmm, okay, I have an idea. Didn't we do this already? Don't worry about it. This one's going to be more popular. No one's going to remember that one. So this is what it comes down to. So like, here's again. Stan Lee approached Doug, and, mm. you know, who at the time was associated with Marvel's darker stories uh, due to his work on Werewolf by Night, Deathlock, which we covered, you know, and partly by his partly influenced by children's positive reflection uh, for the simple ways he was given. So this was cool. He had a good vision about it. He wanted to bring it about. You know, Stanley got the license for it, got the toys for it. They got their more popular ones and said, let's go. You know, and then he got his partner and they said, well, we worked on Godzilla, you know, King of All Monsters. And it's kind of, you know, helped bring that all together, you know, um, for them. And I think, you know, even Godzilla ran like 24 issues. So it was good. It was popular at the time. Godzilla had a lot more crossovers. You know, for Godzilla, you saw a lot more of S.H.I.E.L.D. because they were trying to contain Godzilla and a lot more crossovers um, because of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? So you had all the members of S.H.I.E.L.D. from Nick the rest of the Howling Commandos are still alive in the future to some of the new members, along with uh, Jimmy Woo. Mm. Avengers show up. And then the last issue with Godzilla, everyone shows up. You got the Avengers. You got the Champions. Uh, you got the Defenders. So you had some heavy hitters trying to fight them off in that last issue, along mm-hmm. with S.H.I.E.L.D. That was cool, but we never got the Shogun Warriors. And to me, the Shogun Warriors should have shown up because it was very much like, you know, Sentai, the, the whole Power Ranger thing that was been going on in Japan for years. Because right. let's keep in mind, Power Rangers only came to North American soil with that first team that had, you know, the Green Ranger, uh, which played by Jason David Frank. So by Tommy, you know, Jason, the Red Ranger, Trini, the Yellow Ranger, so forth. That team, that's the team that came out, right? With Billy, Zach, um, I can't remember the Pink Ranger's name right now. Uh, Amy is a, no, Amy Joe Johnson is the one who plays her, but that was the original team we got. Keep in mm-hmm. mind that Power Rangers existed in Japan 10 years prior, easy, if not more, 
before we got it. So the team we got here of Power Rangers was like team number, version number 10 of Power Rangers. Like, you know, it always is a different team as we go on and on and on. So in Japan, they had this. We, We weren't even exposed to it. Not even an inkling on the radar. They were watching Power Rangers going, go, go Power Rangers. And we were watching stuff like Thunder the Barbarian, Speed Buggy, you know, Anna Barbera, anything along those lines from the Flintstones. We even get those. And when Godzilla came about, it kind of opened the gateway. So that was cool to see it. Yep. So Stan was very quick to turn around and bring those together, worked on that deal. And of course, it had the toy tie-in. So the toys came over from Mattel. So Mattel had the comic book. They got, you know, they had Marvel doing the comic book. They had the toys, the die-cast ones. They got the giant plastic ones. They put it all together and they kind of put it out. But it was never any storyline that kind of crisscrossed with them. The only thing they never really did was release the original Japanese cartoons. I don't think there was a market for it back then. Now, I think there is. So that is the whole backstory of Shogun Warriors IP toy comic book behind the scenes, how we see it. But Mm -hmm. now story-wise, as I said, they turned around and they said these Lords of Light were looking to get um, three pilots. And they watch mankind all the time to say, okay, well, who's we worried? Now, keep in mind, they were there before dinosaurs. They were there or, or just the beginning of dinosaurs. So you remember dinosaurs, man, and no conspiracy theories, dinosaurs, man, and everything else on top of that. Here we go. So they've been there that whole time awake, watching. Okay, now they finally wake up. So that means they probably had people who could have piloted these things in the past. Can you imagine if the Shogun Warriors came to, had to come to fruition or be activated in feudal Japan? It during that time, or medieval times, right? Talk about it. Talk like, about it. Arthur, what's that? It's a monster I've never seen. Uh, I can't do a British accent. So <laughs> it came about modern times, right? But I mean, you know, they were there. The, the, right. the robots were built. This is what they've established on that. Their base was never found out. It's in the Far East, hidden. Some mountains covered up, but it's a big white building. No one ever seen it. You know, when man was still wondering about a porter potty, they had indoor plumbing. But also true. Also true. Also true. So we get to present day, when I say present day, 1979, and we realize, okay, as I said, the, the, the lords of, you know, dark came out there and they got woken up out of the volcano. And the first thing they want to do is tap into what they call the hot, the blood of the earth, which is lava. And they're using that because they use a mixture of science and sorcery to He-Man uh, to build up their monsters. Or, their, or as Vulture would call them, Robo-Beast. Okay, trying to build up their monsters. Like, you see what the, the, all's happening here? And, and, and take over the world. That's how they're going to do it. It's very Power Ranger-esque. Voltron is. Okay, we have all those lines all there. 100%. Like, well, we've got now to... We've been watching three people. So the Lords of Light... We've been watching three people who could be the pilots. Quick, teleport like, them in. Literally. Like, so you like, got, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, so in, you in, got in, the three people. So you got Genji. Uh, uh, She's a mm-hmm. Japanese pilot, military pilot. He's yep. landing a military plane at the base. The landing gear is down and everything. They teleport her away with the plane. Then you got Richard. I think it's, it's Richard. Uh, he's a stunt. Uh, Richard man. Carson. Mm-hmm. Stuntman. Richard yep. Carson. He's a stunt man. He's in mid jump with a car, like pulling an evil Knievel moment, right for a movie. Mm. They didn't just teleport him. They teleported the car. 
and then you got Elongo, right? So he, he, the black guy on the team, he's in a submersible. He's a, a marine biologist. He's down in a submersible with a team on a boat that's got the tube all down on a submersible. What? Boom. Gone. They all just come out, and he's a first, he comes out like, what the, where the, what's going on, right? And they established the ages of these of all three of these pilots. So, for example, mm-hmm. like, and I I know I'm gonna mess this up, but I believe um, Richard was 22, uh, Longo was 24, and Gen G could have been a little bit older, uh, maybe 28. I think it was in, in the reverse. I think it was in the reverse. Long, I think okay. um, Long, uh, Longo was was the eldest. Okay, I think he was the eldest of it, and it kind of like worked itself down. All right, all right. But, Thank you. But Thank still, you. No, right. Right, but they're all in like they're they're you know twenties, right? From mm-hmm. from early to mid twenties, and they all get zapped in there mid whatever they're doing. Let's keep that in mind that things should come out a little bit more because of this. So they get there, they meet what we call him the professor. He's the main guy. I'll, I'll just say you know there's a yeah. whole cast. We'll, we'll I'll call him the professor for now. And he he looks like a professor. He's got the glasses. He's older, bald, white mustache, white lab coat. And he's like, hey, this is what's been happening. Before we you say anything, we can answer your questions. We beamed you here. And Rich Richard Carson was like, wait a minute, you beamed us here? Okay, before we start protesting, let's see what you got to say. Let's listen to what your story because you have this technology. We might not want to mess with you. So they turned around. They listened to the story and explained the whole backstory of how they came to Earth, what they're doing. They're in sanctuary, yada, yada, yada. Then they give them a 20-minute crash course how to function in this robot with simulations. 20 minutes. Throw them in costumes. Throw them into the giant robot. And the first one we see is Raideen. Who, you know. Okay. Alright. 20 minutes. Because there's a giant monster attacking. And they need to send Raideen over there. So they teleport Raideen in with 20 minutes of training. And kind of figure it out. Uh-huh. You got yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, y'all smart. Y'all smart. Listen. You got Orson, you know, you you handling with underwater submachines, yeah. And and you you fly panties. You 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 a pilot. You know, experiment pilot. Yeah, you you can figure out buttons. You know how not to crash cars. You know, we can work it out. We'll just put the tree you in one 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 vehicle, call a robot, and uh just make sure you hit that red button. What? Show them. Touch everything. Put that red button. Yeah. All right, I'll tell you guys later. What the what? <laughs> loses so they get there on the battlefield they're fighting all that first monster and it doesn't go they got pretty much a stalemate because once again you only had 20 minutes of training how to function as giant robot all three of you were in there and oh, each person has a station one person is controlling the body one is doing weapons one is doing uh uh defense right and raiding is a, i mean if you see it he's got a, a you know he looks like a, a samurai warrior right he, he's got that samurai warrior mixed egyptian kind of style cool looking robot I ain't gonna lie. I have the post. I bought the puzzle of Raiden years ago, and I put the puzzle together and I put it up in a frame. Still at my parents' house up to now. I got to get a picture of that and put it up. But yes, that's that was my robot, and I have friends that had the stuff that you know, like the, those those toys back then. So that's where they get into. They get into their first fight. Stalemate, right? Hold them off. Not feed it. They 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 beam them back to base. They're like, hey man, we were outnumbered. These guys, you know, we couldn't figure out how to function you know i wanted to go left one person wanted to go right one person wanted to throw a punch it, it just wasn't mm-hmm. working out right and the lords of light go yeah we understand so here's the other two robots 
Vanguard Ace and Kampatra. You, you couldn't give us the other two right away? Oh, okay. So then, you know, Gen G takes Kampatra. Uh, Elongo takes Vanguard Ace. Carlson gets to stay with Raideen. Now, Raideen seems as the central figure of the robot out of the three. Vanguard Ace in the cartoon can fly in outer space, can fly underwater. Because he can go underwater, this is why Elongo gets him. Kampatra, she's more of an aerial robot. The, the difference is that Raideen can turn into what he call like the screaming hawk or whatever. He, it, the body turns into a uh, supersonic jet. Vanguard Ace, that turns into like almost a plane that goes in the water. Mbatra is the interesting one. Mbatra can split into five different components. Very, at the time, Aloesque, Power Rangers, uh, Voltus, Voltron. Voltron, mm-hmm. right? Where one person's, you know, you got five, a team of five, and each person controls something and it, it turns into something else. So the feet form the tank, the legs formed one type of plane, like a bomber. Uh, the torso was, um, you know, uh, another, uh, machine, like flying machine. And then the head was like a fighter jet, which was cool. I, I, right now, is there a team of five? No, it's just Genji. But if one of the other guys wanted to jump in there, they could sit in there. If not, it had its individual robots that would pilot it all together. So you had a robot inside of a robot for Kombatra. Well, we're going down the rabbit hole with this one. Woo! So, you know, they get in there and they meet uh, Murkon, who is the main bad guy for them. He's their Cobra commander throughout this series that's trying to overthrow them, defeat them, get rid of the Lords of Light, call for reinforces from outer space, and, and and that's how it is. Now, some of the monsters we see, which is cool, are monsters that they have to fight that are from their anime series. So one that stands out is Cerberus, which is a purple like machine, but it can always reconfigure all its components to keep on fighting. And the other one, I can't remember the name of it, but it looks like a giant hand. Just a hand, but it's all scales, green skin, and each fingertip is a dragon's face. Like, that's it. But that's from uh, the Raideen uh, anime series. And it can breathe fire, it has laser eyes, and it flies. This giant fist of a monster. But that's what it was. Hey, the 70s and 80s was a special time, yo. <laughs> <laughs> and and Combatra had to deal with that. So this is where the storylines are going. And I mean, it wasn't anything overly deep, but it was very entertaining to my opinion. Ron, what, what do you think about Shogun Warriors? So Shogun Warriors is, uh, like you said, they were a very good introduction of man rope. I mean, what's the best way of thinking it? Man-operated robots. So yes. they couldn't do, of course, anything without, you know, having that, in, you know, that intertwined type of human touch, you know, actuality of, you know, having their own free will of doing things. So it's great because you, you start to start, you start to see the different personalities coming out through the different characters. I mean, each person and their robots and what they can do. So like you're saying, you know, uh, I believe it's in like in the third, third issue. They're fighting, or towards the end or the middle of the, of the second issue, they're fighting basically the uh, the uh, lords of lords of, of of darkness, writing their evil um, their evil monsters, and basically realizing that one was the more of a lava type of monster, and 
Carson, Richard Carson, his one, again, isn't really more built for combating the elements in that particular regard. Uh, um, Lyonga uh, Savage, his one, uh, Dangara Ace, he's more for battling with water. So realizing, okay, we should swap, you know, our enemies and, you know, who I'm battling, you take this over. Great, great idea. Yeah. Um, the evil ones one didn't didn't give you a chance to uh, change positions, and they start fighting you know off center. So it was it was good in seeing that we're already established understanding that each robot has a specific nuance, have a specific skill, and that they already recognize that okay, if if your main go to is bottling water and elements, and this is fire, fire and water, you guys should fight. So it was good. I was able to pull that out, so you can start to see that uh, Shogun Warriors were very dynamic and basically have its own private personality where people, you know, the, the readers can definitely can follow through. Oh, I like this particular robot, this particular adventurer because of X, Y, Z. Yeah, as, as you said earlier, in regards to, you know, connecting with, with Marvel, uh, you know, they it would have been nice to have some type of connection, but you see that they later on they got some connection with Shield and you know Reed Richards and Fantastic Four and the Backs Building and everything in that regard. But it would definitely have been nice to see it more often. But we'll come back to that after these commercial breaks. Now back from these commercial breaks, Barry. About it. I don't know. I just felt like trying to put a plug in. Just we got a sponsor. Just case we got a sponsor. We're inserting it. Sponsors, just letting you know. Shameless plug. Open for it. Channel's always growing. <laughs> Love it. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. So this came into a lot of stuff. So, I mean, it opened it up. I think it, the, the tie-ins could have been a little bit better. The crossovers could have been a little bit better. Uh, hmm. Unfortunately, due to low sales, the series wrapped up at 20 issues, so they had to wrap 20. everything up. So that's it. So the followers are darkness. That's what they're called. The followers are darkness. I did, did go with this. And at one point, you think Murkon dies, but of course, no one ever dies in Marvel. He lives, he reaches out to the other aliens, and you find out more about where they came from, how, you know, Murkon, followers of the Dark, manipulated the other peace-loving aliens into something. So we're getting near the end of the series. Not even. So at one point in the series, um, the, the, the Shogun warriors get called out to fight these monsters, and they're doing their best. They're fighting these monsters. At the same time, a figure beams into, the, you know, the, the base sanctuary. So in sanctuary, what would happen is, in general, the Shogun warriors, so, you know, the three pilots would have these pendants on a gold chain, gold pendant. And this pendant would use as communication device. It would use as a teleportation like beacon. So it would glow when they're being summoned. They can talk to each other. And then they'd use it to teleport. They can just press it and be teleported back to the base. During part of the storyline, they're all different places. So they had to go home at one point because they were at Sanctuary for a while and they had to go back to their normal lives. So I, let me jump back to this point. At one point, it's like, hey, we got to go home. We've been here now. Like, you know, you got to figure it's like four or five issues. They've been there training, learning, fighting. You know, you guys here, the the, the, the Lords of Light kind of messed with us. We took yes. us away mid whatever. In the middle of something? Yeah. In the middle of something? We got to tie that up. And, and Genji was the more responsible one because she was saying that, hey, I was flying a fighter plane for the Japanese government, and I just disappeared. You have yeah. to let me go home and settle this. 
And they're like, yeah. but you got to keep it a secret. You can't talk about what happened. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the one who has it the easiest, let's go with that. Richard Carson. He's a stunt. Mm-hmm. He gets back. I think it's like issue seven or eight. He gets beamed back. He goes to his beach house. His girlfriend is there. And you know, at the time, it's all groovy, man. Hey, what's happening? She's walking around in a bikini. She says, oh, my gosh, what happened to you? You disappeared. Everyone on the set's worried about you. Hey, we didn't understand what happened. Oh, don't worry about it, babe. You know, it's really kind of that machoism that's there. And he gives a very loose explanation. Now, even though you're not supposed to say anything, he's the first one to open his mouth saying, well, I was called on by powers to be to help out and save mankind. You're like, what? And, of course, he... You know, during his explanation of this, and she's kind of saying, okay, you're you're just pulling my leg. You could have come up with an excuse. People are worried about you. You know, Cerberus shows up off the shoreline, and then he hits this pendant, and people at Sanctuary teleport in Radine to the beach. She's like, you were serious? Come on, babe. Let me get on this motorcycle. And he drives the motorcycle off a cliff, jumps in the air, and then hits it, and he gets it caught in a beam, and the beam pulls him into Radine. Very like it's so, if you watch Ray Dean the anime cartoon, mm-hmm. that's what happens. That's what happens is the pilot oh, is man. on a motorcycle and he always drives off a cliff and he gets pulled in him and the motorcycle. But Richard, he's like, Oh, it doesn't matter, the motorcycle gets destroyed. So they took their influences so that he, his story was easy to convince because now his girlfriend's gonna help him convince the producers about his disappearance. And then it's like, well, you just kind of took off, man. We didn't know. Like, we even the car was gone. Like, what kind of stunt was that? Uh, you know. So he smoothed it over with his manager and all that. Easy. Uh, Alongo gets back, has to go and see his girlfriend at the marine biologist base where he's working. Uh-huh. And he had explained to her, it's like, look, this is kind of what happened to me. I can't talk much about it. I'm okay, you know. And he kind of gets back to business because he's like a higher up in that organization where he works. He doesn't really have to answer to anybody. He just has to smooth it over with his significant other. Genji, on the other hand, she's a military pilot flying a Japanese fighter plane for the Japanese government, and the plane disappears. And she's trying to tell them, hey, I'm back, I'm fine, and we chalk it up to an alien abduction kind of thing. You know, people are like, oh, we don't believe in aliens. Well, here I am. So now she's got the Oops. Japanese government investigating her. Mm-hmm. And she came back with the plane. Don't get it wrong. She got teleported back with the plane. So they get their plane back. But now she has to explain why she was gone for weeks. Okay. She's got to explain it to, you know, I guess her commanding officer who was also a love interest for her. Mm-hmm. And and keep, you know, and but not mention anything about the Shogun Warriors because how do you... It's like a secret identity. You don't want the world to know that you have access to this advanced technology because, it, you know, they wouldn't be able to handle it or be exploited. So they're trying to do the right thing. And, of course, Gen G took the hardest punishments. She lost her pilot's license. She was under investigation by the Japanese government. She was really being raked through the coals. Uh. Yeah. Here's my point about this. I think, I feel... That if you're the Lords of Light and it's an, an emergency that's about to happen and you've been monitoring who can be your future pilot, you should not snatch them mid-job. If you could teleport someone from half a world away, you could have waited till she landed the plane and sent her a, a holographic message saying, you have been summoned. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, I I understand. I understand the 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 realism of it. But then you know they're gonna make it like, well, you know what? Um, the enemy's here right now. The followers of dark is here. Um, we need to we need to activate those sleeper cells now. But 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 activate them now. Okay. Five minutes, man. <laughs> five minutes. Because it's not you're oh, giving five. them three days of training. You literally gave them twenty minutes of training. You get so fine, give them fifteen. Well, that will cut in. I'm about to say that will cut into their. They'll cut into their training. Now, what if that last five minutes of training is how they know how to do power fist? They didn't learn that. Mm-hmm. Let her land the plane. Snatch her when she's in the toilet. Then she can come back and say, hey, I was abducted by some enemies and I made an escape. They they, they took her and they didn't even give her an explanation to be an out to get away. They, they understand how the world works. You figure they would have given her a better cover story as of, hey, Thanks for flying our, and, and using our giant robot. Leave the robot here. Go home, and uh, we'll call you when we need you. Yeah, but what about my... Don't worry about it. You take care. You got this. That is the worst piece of management I've ever seen. Like I said, it, like I said on, on our last uh, last one about... Yeah, sometimes the writing just want to get to the point, and they're just going to like, yeah, they'll accept it. You know, it, it'll make sense later on, but they never circle back to make it sense later on. Yeah, I, I shake my head. That wasn't good. That wasn't good. But I'll definitely say, because you know where we're going to go, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get to a point where we're going to make our own little fan cast and guarantee the writing will be better. I'm just saying. Absolutely. I'm just saying. Absolutely. So here's a couple more points before we hit there. Mm -hmm. That's what they have to deal with. So I understand that they're putting some um, pressure on the characters. They're, They're putting points of conflict in there, which is really good. But mm-hmm. I don't know if they gave themselves a way out. If I don't care if you write a point of conflict for a character, make sure you have a way out that's logical for that character so we can still go along with that journey, be it if it's a, a good result or a bad result. And I think that was always up in the air because with her colleagues, with Richard and uh, Elongo, they were cool. Hers, every two seconds, how's it going? Government's still investigating me. I got to be careful when I come out here. Oh, geez, I'm, mm-hmm. I got teleported again. They would think I'm a spy. Like, they think she's a spy against their own government. And she's still going back home. Okay. So when things are getting to a head now, they fought on Earth, they fought on land, sea, air, and outer space. Once again, I was just saying, at one point they got called on a mission fighting all these monsters, right? Merklon was able to get one of its agents inside Sanctuary. So he breached their defenses. Human-sized person, not a giant robot. And mm-hmm. they killed off everybody in Sanctuary, destroyed Sanctuary. The robots, all the Shogun warriors get back to Sanctuary and see it all in ruins. All their, you know, the people that were taking care of the robots, repairing the damage, everything's destroyed. They got no choice now to take these robots and hide them themselves. So each person got a robot and hid it close to where they lived. So Richard hid his, you know, off the beach somewhere, which is very reminiscent of the cartoon. Vanguard Ace put his underwater in a grotto Mm -hmm. that he would access, you know, with his scuba gear. All right, makes sense. And Combatra found an abandoned building, uh, and she had to leave Japan. She, she had to leave Japan because her life was a sh- it was just her life was done all over. So she found right. uh, a place in the city, an abandoned building that was supposed to be torn down for construction demolition, and dug down underneath that inside of an abandoned building, and that's where she hid Combatra. 
You know, now this did lead to an 11 year old boy playing in this construction site and, you know, oops, finding Combatra and getting it taken inside and going on a joyride. So what kind of security measures you have? Like they really gave Genji a tough time. Uh, okay. I did it. It goes even further where at the end, raiding that robot gets destroyed. Dangard Ace gets destroyed. The only robot that's left pretty much is Combatra. And they all go and Combatra to fight off the evil one who's summoned a, a giant spaceship, giant robot is what they transform. It was like their version of uh, Omnicron. Yeah, right. From yep. Transformers. Or Unicron. I'm saying Omnicron. Unicron. Unicron. Yeah, Unicron. So comes over and they got to deal that. But they don't know how to fight this. They figure we got to find someone to help us fight it. So they all get in Combatra. They fly over. You know, they're not too far away, but to New York and land on top of the Baxter building. They get the attention of the Fantastic Four. And that's where they cross, they crisscross and they team up with the Fantastic Four. That's the only time they've teamed up with anybody in the Marvel Universe. No Spider-Man, no Avengers, no Fighting Godzilla. Um, no Tony Stark, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this would be a Tony Stark's kind of thing. You know, not even Stingray. Okay. Yeah, and I don't mean Stingray, the 3D animated cartoon. I'm sorry, the puppeteer cartoon. I'm talking Stingray, the hero, who had a version of the armor that he got from Tony Stark, but he used it underwater. Like, not not anyone that would... Okay, so they get there, and of course, they got that the last issue was going to be issue 20, so they had to really rush it to wrap up storyline, which they did. But then after that, you see them fly off with Combatra, three Shogun Warriors, they come back to Earth, and we never hear from any of the pilots ever again we don't know whatever happened to Combatra. we don't know whatever happened to the remains of radine and dangard ace usually you would hear something like damage control would go in there or maybe even shield would go in there and try to recover those nothing nothing and that's the last we hear of the shogun warriors it's almost like they never existed and because due to licensing laws we never even got a trade paperback of this ip ouch yeah ouch ouch potential Mm -hmm. on the bone don't take me wrong I'm a fan I'm disappointed because I wanted more I'm a fan of the Shogun Warriors this brings back great memories even to the point that we talked about Grandizer in one of our earlier episodes and now Grandizer has a a video game out on Xbox yay (laughs) I'm not even being sarcastic. I'm all in for that. So, hmm. on, any other notes before we get into this fan cast of this uh, IP? Major notes. I mean the 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 characters the characters has you know like you said has some meat on the bone, but they're they they have. To me, it's a good segue, and that's where I'm going to sit when I when we start talking a little bit more about casting. To me, there's missed opportunities. They could be. A, a beautiful bridge to inter to inter uh, intervene not intervene just to introduce robots you know warrior type robots you know you know building size Godzilla size into a realism because again all this could have been in an ultra universe kind of scenario but once you now start intertwining uh shield the Baxter building Fantastic Four it gives a more realism to it. 
so yeah, I, I just feel it's a missed opportunity. But like you said, fortunately, due to sales, they were only able to make uh, 20 issues. So that's basically by month, just under two years. Yeah. That's just like about a year and a half, year and a half plus of of issues that they produced. Yeah, this, a year they, and eight months. They didn't get good found, they didn't get footing afterwards, unfortunately. They didn't get good footing in the beginning. That's the unfortunate thing. Yeah. Eight months, eight months. That's that's all, that's all we got was. I'm sorry, a year and eight, eight months. months. A year and eight months. Year yeah, and eight months. Right. That that's what we got for the 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 Shogun Warriors, and I think it had a lot more potential. So we'll we'll talk about that. So we'll, let's get down to the fun of it. Here, here's our show. Our whole show is all about fan casting. Mm-hmm. Gonna fan cast it, of course. Gonna fan cast it. Now, said, don't get me wrong. I like the Shogun Warriors, and I was just disappointed I didn't get more of them. And and never saw it come back. So, Ron, I'm going to kick off with you, man. What, yeah. What's your casting? How would you like to see this property, this IP adapted? So, as I was kind of leaning in, just saying that because they had the ability to intertwine with the Fantastic Four backs building in that mm-hmm. regard, it gave you that realism. I would actually like to see it actually live. I would like to see it live. My mind is trying to debate if I want an actually a straight one movie mm. or if I want like a series, but I think I want to, I want a movie because I want to at least give the audience a chance to see it. And then it lets do in the, in the back of their minds. Cause this is something that you're not going to see that often. They're not as say as the equivalents of the Avengers, but you know, at least you can always see the Avengers, Spider-Man and so forth. You can see them more frequently. These guys, they have their own deposition of, what they're there for. They're there for, for the, the higher element. Maybe not the Thanos kind of way, but I mean mm-hmm. something that's big and large Godzilla type of scenario, which doesn't happen that often per se. So there's enough meat for me to have at least one or two movies in a sense okay. that you got movie, and then you'll say the second one. Now you're realizing the followers of darkness, they now basically retreating to off world to get more reinforcements. And that can be, you know, the second movie. But I would like to actually see it live so you actually have the ability of having full, large robots out in the streets because we're now already accustomed to Godzilla. And like we yes. said, yes. physically, not cartoon, not, you know, that type of vibe, physical movies of seeing Godzilla up to date, running around the city, and people are like, yeah, we can accept that. So if you can accept Godzilla... We can accept, you know, uh, large, monstrous robots running around wrecking havoc, you know, and causing causing pure destruction and damage control is getting extra money because woohoo, you got more stuff to clean up. Yay. So with that entail, I would like to have three these three actors. I would like to have Jamie Bell mm-hmm. to play. To play uh, Carson, okay. I would like Rila. Well, you know what? Let me let me let me stop right there. So Jamie Bell, Jamie Bell. We know we know Jamie from a couple of stuff. Now, I I was seeing him from um, Jumper, uh, but here's a connection that I wanted to bring into like Fantastic Four. So when they did the Fantastic Four remake or the, yeah. the recent installment, he was playing Ben Grimm. So it was okay. acting the same. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So 
because he has that rough, because again, in the movie, he was that rough type of guy, you know, you know, not sarcastic, but he was just, you know, a little, you know, he's a little rough. But that's Johnny, that's Johnny Storm. So I can see Johnny, uh, Jamie Bell taking that character and having fun with it. Uh, I would then like to have for um, Gina, I would like to have Rila Fuku, 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 sorry, let me say this right, apologies. Fukushima. Rila, Rila Fukushima. You know her from playing Yoki in The Wolverine. She's also played in oh, okay. Ghost in the Shell, Arrow. Yeah. So basically, in at least if we go back to Wolverine, she is the one who was helping up when he was in Japan, who was the you know, his sidekick that we knew from the books. So definitely want like to have her there. I wanted to at least say, you know, let me have an, each individual who can basically represent each, you know, each culture as best as possible. And I definitely say, you know what? I would like to have, you know, a Japanese uh, actress. And then I just remember, wait, Wolverine. Let's go for Rila. All right. Now, at least now I want to say, yes, Jamie has a name. Rila has a name. But definitely for a, a long go. I would like to have John Boyega as oh yeah the Longo okay yeah, yeah okay yeah. great Star Wars right we we know yes. yeah Star, Star Wars yeah Star Wars yeah Finn in Star Wars yep. okay um you know Pacific Rim yes yes Attack on the Block so he has some grit he has some grit especially like after Attack on the Block you know oh, yeah. earlier days but definitely you know someone who just you know you don't you don't mess with he will. Throw back the attitude back at you without the, a care in the world type of scenario. Pacific Rim, same thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, so those were my those are my three candidates, my three picks to play the leads in Shogun Warriors. And again, I want it to be a live a live two movies. We can probably okay. pull up a third, but at yeah. least get two movies. And then the scenario, my mind was thinking, if we go to, uh. Lord of Mercy, which was the movie that just had um, I, I can see the scene. The last scene is basically introducing yeah, sorry, yes. So the last battle Transformers. Hey, I was trying, I was thinking Transformers. So the last Transformer, you know, uh, Beast Wars, at the yes. very, very end, when basically uh, when that guy got the uh, opportunity to join an elite team. Hey, you got some great skills in your army, you know, your military background. Now, why don't you come work for us? G.I. Joe. Because of that type of connection, I want to be able to bridge worlds. So because of that type of bridging world right there, I can see the bridging world between, since it's a Marvel property, bridging through, you know, 616, you know. Well done, sir. Put them on a retainer. Well Put them done. on a retainer. Have them on a retainer. Nick for your have them on a retainer. That certain things are realizing. Um, the Avengers can handle it, but this is Godzilla. Thank you. Shogun Warriors, tag in, and that's it. Even so even even with the catchphrase, tag in, tag what? in, tag what? in. So that that's that's how I would look like having, especially the first movie would be origin. Second movie would now basically um, the evil forces are just you know fighting back with their tails between their legs because they got beat in the first one. They're trying to figure out another way of you know doing that. Then let's say for some wonderful reason they awaken. Or disturb 
Godzilla or something like that. A real world planet, another world planet, you know, trauma that basically saying now the fourth, the third movie. Hey, we're in New York. We're in this real world type of scenario. We're in Japan. We're all over basically. Let's let's put in a couple of couple of shots of uh, uh, Avengers and pull them in. Should we intertwine yeah. it and just let them everybody know? Oh yeah, this is real. It's about to go down. Okay. This. All right. I like that. I like where you're going, and I see what you're saying. So I got your vision and all that. Uh, and I agree with it. I mean that that was really that's really yeah. It would be a lot of fire. That would be a lot of fire, and I mean that in a great way. Mm-hmm. So um so you know so my fan casting. So first of all, how I would adapt this, I would go animation that's the way i'm feeling about this one mm-hmm. i would do this as a limited series so what i mean is like a couple of episodes that's season one a couple episodes season two a couple episodes season three wrap it up we're good that's how i would go about this so if you watch netflix uh godzilla on netflix pacific rim uh Black, yeah. i think it is on netflix that same company i would i would get that same animation company to turn nice. around and start doing the shogun warriors especially that they've already covered godzilla with their own storyline Mm-hmm. I would turn around and 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 bring that and let them kind of bring it in, see if they can tie it all together. So that's where I'm going with. I like that animation style; they do it well. Yeah, it did. It, it a lot of people watched it, and other people were like, oh, okay. But yeah, so if you watch the cart, the Netflix cartoon of Godzilla, you'll see what I'm talking about. So first and foremost, that's who I'm going with style wise. Now, of course, with this IP, if you want to be successful and you want to capitalize it on as much as possible, you got to do a couple of things. One, give me the series. Like, I mean, it's like four episodes, that's season one. Maybe four to five, six episodes, that's season one. Following year, do the same thing. It all ties together. Thank you. Let's take the elements from the comic book where the three of them get together with Raiden, Dangard Ace, Combatra. Let's keep it that way. Shogun Warriors, Marvel, we're good. Mm-hmm. With that, I want them. They have to absolutely deal with Godzilla at one point. This is they have what I'm to. saying. They have to. This is you what I'm saying. Turn around. Exactly. You've got to turn around and get the rights. Either Mattel has to get the rights back from the company and bring back in the toy figures. Have the toy figures to, to accentuate the sales for this and keep the excitement going. Especially with the die-cast metal one. Make collector ones. Come on now. You know, these things are all out there, but they don't get the big push like they do here in North America, in my opinion. Right, who's gonna get the grandizer video game? This guy, but and there's other people too that are getting it. But I think it's be more of a push overseas than it is on North American soils because we're missing some of that giant robot stuff. All their stuff is Power Rangers. So that being said, is for Genji as the voice actress, I would go with and her name is da 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 Maria. So M A R I Y A Isa. She's a voice actress. She's worked on many IPs over the years, playing different characters, uh, voices for a ton, ton of anime stuff. So she would be my voice for Gen G. Right? So that's first and foremost there. For Belongo, I would go with one of the voice actors that does Total Drama Island, and his name is Clyde Bennett. So he plays the chief. A chef, sorry. He plays uh, Chef Hatchet. So that's what I'm going with Alongo. No question about it. I think that this person would definitely uh, sell it for sure. And because I like dude's name, I'm going to go with uh, Carter Hayden, right? Do, and he plays Noah. So I'm going to go with Carter Hayden to play Carson. And those are the three voice actors that I would have to go with that. 
Now, with the first thing, I want to kind of really keep it to the origin of it. Mm. So I do want them to deal with uh, Genji's disappearance, her dealing with the military, oh, know, yeah. the plane going. you got to deal with that. And they got to write somewhere where it comes out safe than her being accused of being a spy and on the run. Or maybe they do. Just really solidify that and let her go through that. She's They've got the, their own aspects of what they can all bring. It's not just a stuntman to be a stuntman. He's got other things to deal with. Uh, Alongo's got things to deal with. So that, I think, is good. It's got some good conflict in there that would add to the writing. Here's where I would say, so first part of the series, right, okay. is dealing with their origin, the, you know, the followers of the dark, lords of light, the alien connection, the history, let's go with it, Shogun Warriors, get into fight some of their classic monsters that they did in the original series, their, their own individual series. Series two, let's follow up more with Genji being persecuted by the Japanese government and what's happening there. And now let's bring in, like, you know, uh, Godzilla, right? Godzilla gets under control by the followers of the dark and they have to fight Godzilla. Maybe they're outnumbered. And then you can also have S.H.I.E.L.D. pop in, or, or not even S.H.I.E.L.D., just Jimmy Woo with his organization, and they bring in Red Ronin. Mm. Right? That would be a nice tie-in to have those two in there. And then, of course, the last part of that story, let's really flesh out the whole thing of they have to go in outer space. The robots get destroyed. What happens to them next? Do they just walk away from their lives? They just shared an experience. I I really think this can go somewhere. You know, but once again, you got to tie it in with some merch. Tie it in. Bring back the toys. Right. Be sure it's easy, but bring back the toys. There's a lot of people our age. age oh, for sure. That would turn around and buy those as collectors, model kits right video games reintroduce it to the younger generation that hey giant robots are not just power rangers this was pre power rangers for us in north america before right right this is where we're missing it we can do it you know and once again you got that disney money so disney can reach out and and really open up that genre now and not to take away from your idea but you could still incorporate that into a live series because look right right now apple tv is doing monarch which is a Godzilla series. There's going to be another Godzilla King Kong movie. Who says if you don't do it right, if you do it right, the Shogun Warriors would make a guest appearance in there. Okay. Okay. That's my my two cents on on that. That I think, you know, I'm passionate about this. Because, Mm -hmm. come on, everyone knows. It's cowboys and Indians back in the day. That's what kids used to play. And then the whole science fiction thing hit, and it's lightsabers and giant robots, giant robots and thunder lizards. This is so cool. That, you know, yeah, that's what Godzilla was called, the thunder lizard. Yeah, yeah, come from here. So giant robots, why not? Everyone likes a giant robot, because if they didn't, Power Rangers would not be going today. It has a couple 100%. of things that everyone likes. Martial arts, 100%. giant robots. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we get more into the backstories of marine biologists. So, okay, it's got that educational piece to it. Uh, you know, being a stuntman. All right, it's educational in action. Being a fighter pilot. Oh, man. The sequences you can have with, with Gen G. Out of the three, she's like my favorite because she's got the most story to tell. Mm-hmm. You see... I like I like what you're saying. Here, here's another way, not another way, but an add-on to all that because I was going to bring this up before and I did forget and thank God I remembered. Yeah. Um, so two things. I'll go for one. For the yeah. one thing, I wanted to bring up. Let's work on the story in regards to 
Um, why were they selected? Were there yes. any others? Because here's a scenario. If you're going to say, if you're going to say that um, these three are the descendants, because that's the main story, the whole part, the part of the story is that these three are the descendants of the followers of light from back in the days. Great. But in reality, if you go from back in the days, that means DNA has been transferred to these guys. Now, was to me, there would have to be more people. So something had to distinguish them over the others. You should be making a list like saying, these are the 30 remaining descendants. These three are the three that has the most potential, has the most uh, amount of DNA closest to be able to operate with the machine. Because yeah. you got to make it understand that. They don't really get into too, too tough to my recollection. They huh? They, they never, never right? Do. Okay, so they I guess I couldn't remember. So, so here's the scenario. We got to make it understand that these robots have been quote unquote standing standing in the parking lot just waiting for the right person to come and activate them. But then it gives me the idea of basically because again this storyline is is predating Stargate. Because if you realize in the show Stargate, a little bit into it, they start to say that uh, uh Richard Dean Anderson and uh, Jack O'Neill has an ancient gene that gave him the ability to activate certain oh. hardware. So he would basically have to touch it. Like certain people just work. It was just like, uh, you know, these are all equipment that's here from the agents all this time, whatever the case would be. What just happened? Uh, I just touched it. Can you touch it again? Oh. Then they start to find out certain people had a certain gene. Mm -hmm. They're able to mm -hmm. activate it and use these, these weapons and everything along that line. So let's pull that story. So that's yes. basically what this is. This is about having these individuals who have a certain way of activating and using it. Because if not, let's go back to that security statement you said about the kid who, you know, who took one of them for a ride. Unless, unless you're telling me this kid is actually, uh, uh, you know, he's a sleeper cell and he has the ancient gene in him. We don't know. <laughs> no, we but, don't. But the fact is, you're basically saying that there's a reason why we had to choose these three. I now I like to throw a monkey wrench into into what what it is um let's go back again to what i'm saying that what if these guys were the top of the top you just happened to be you had you had 58 percent you had 60 you had 59 percent kind of scenario like and everybody else is like 30 and 40 so we gotta go with you because you guys are the the most top you know ranking you know individual who'll be able to operate these machines What if one of them wasn't a good person? Yes. One of them wasn't yes. a good person. So I'm now yes. I'm now digging into what you said earlier, which is an actual fact. They didn't go into it, but they thought she, Jinji, was a spy. What if she really was a spy? Just not because of her, not because of her gene, but she actually was an actual agent who was trying to infiltrate and basically snap. They nearly caught me. I'm really trying to get in clean. These guys, I'm getting too much, too much are on me. But by her now realizing I have this special ability, maybe I can reform my life and help and actually have some good and basically save the world and, you know, reform in her ways. And then, you know, towards the end, all right, I give up the, I give up the mantle. I won't let the government know that I was actually a spy because they will take me out. 
But just out of the two of you guys, and we won't tell the professor, out of the two of you guys, I really was. I'm a much better now. I've seen the light. The light. Yes. Yes. And I've now yes. come to my, come and cleanse my ways of my wicked ways. And I'm now being a proper person. And there you go. Because it would have been extra gangster. Extra gangster. Yeah, you did it. And now, now if we go to your way, because I don't know if we can do this in the movie, because it'll take too long. But if we did mm-hmm. to your series, you actually have her that she was actually come, she was actually kidnapped, taken to the, the followers of the dark. They don't know per se, they just know you have a gene. Because as Barry said earlier, uh, the, the followers of darkness, the uh, followers of the dark, they were more sorcery bent than science. Yeah, exactly. Especially like like Barry said, their Cobra commander was really more was basically trying to follow the the old ways of going sorcery. Sorry, let me retract. Cobra commander. So basically, Megatron was all about sorcery, and then you have a second command, his second lieutenant, Starscream, who just kept like saying, "This bumbling idiot." I'm telling you, we need to go and get the science. And kind of, oh, sorry, it's the reverse. The, the the leader was like saying, you know what? The old ways is, is too old. These guys are beating us because of science. I'm going to have to look into the science world. It starts being like saying, we got to stick to the old ways and do sci- and do sorcery. And, and, and right, under- man. Every, at every corner, he undermines them. So now he kidnaps Gingy and brings her in and realizing, we're gonna we're gonna follow what the enemy, aka what you and the professor are doing, and having these having these science machines, these robots, but we can't operate them. But we're gonna try. We're gonna take the formula and build it up. So wait a minute. What if we bring you? We realize you are actually you really one of you're not one of our descendants, but sh- you got a very darkened heart. Come to the dark side. Oh my gosh. Over. But she'll never sway over. But she gets tempted. And Rita yes. Tay and that uh, kind of scenario, but then she comes back and be a good old girl, and she's like, "Okay, forget it. I realize evil is not the way. I've seen the light, and the I'm light. now." And then basically, and then you just hear the you know Thundercats kind of looking up, <laughs> tag in, and then they tag in, and they're good to go. Well done. That that so, is not see that would make more than than the comic right now. That okay, Marvel. You saw what okay, the Disney. That was all off the dome. That was all off the dome. That was all off the dome. All off the dome. You'll rod some money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe I'll even have this on top of that, man. I'll I'll say this. So maybe why those three? Well, to your point, maybe they have the DNA. But keep in mind, let's look at their physical attributes. They're all physically fit people, right? To be a deep Mm -hmm. sea diver, you have to be in shape. To be a jet fighter pilot, you got to be in shape. And to be a stuntman, you got to be in shape. Hundred percent. So maybe they had someone else that they said, hey, well, this person would have been a better pilot. What's he doing? Oh, wait a minute. He's just working up. Oh, 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 okay. He's he's not in shape. This He, he would have yeah. to go to the gym for a year to get used yeah. to the rigors of, right. So that, that could have been also that, right? Because it's physical and yeah. mental conditioning. It's amazing. 100%. Listen, right. I'll even say that I thought this also as well when you're talking about Jinji and her pilot abilities. Yeah. The best thing that they can do is definitely have again. Every machine has its its great attribute, and we're going to see the best of it. You're going to see someone who's going to be able to outfly the other robots. She yeah. will be able to outfly, outmaneuver because they know I will take point. I will draw their attention away while you take you know catch them. 
on the flyby than anything underwater. You're basically saying this guy is now basically Longo is like Aquaman and have the ability to to traverse across the great, you know, blue yonder and the seven seas. And then you have Carson who's basically saying, listen, I'm tactical, right? I'm tactical. I'm on the ground. I'm a stuntman. I know how to I know how to make my machine go. Yeah. So these are other ways you can start to pull mm -hmm. the, the best qualities of each individual and make sure the machine is going to be attributed to them. Again, it's just looking like Voltron in the sense when you say that Voltron, every individual yeah. was the best thing for the Lions. Yes. This is exactly the same way. That's all it is. That's all. On behalf of Rod, mic drop. <laughs> wow. 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 That, that, that's amazing. Like, if that's that, that, okay. Okay. All right. Well, I, there's nothing for else for me to say on that one, but um, thank you everyone for tuning into the Iconist podcast. Rod has killed it on this one. Absolutely. Marvel, you owe him some money. Disney, you owe him some money. Whoever takes this IP and wants to do something, you need to listen just, to this man's just ideas. Fly us out. You just owe fly, him some money. Just fly us out. Just fly us out. Just come by, fly us out. We'll have Behind some conversations. Stuff. We want merch. Yeah. I want merch. I want some percentage. But, you know, come, you know, yeah, let's of course. put us want on the percentage. writers. And merch. And merch. Yeah, the merch come out. Wow. What else percentage? Or the writing team. We'll write some stories. We'll add some, you know, add a little different flair. Wow. Okay. Done. Done. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Man, as I said, like, subscribe, and share. Rate and review. This has been the Iconist Podcast, and the icon is on the Iconist Podcast, Shogun Warriors. Shogun Warriors. Gotta love it. On behalf of myself, I am Barry 3D. On my side, as always, is the one and only Rod C. Let's go. And remember, this whole world was started with a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. <laughs> Keep on dreaming. Tag me out. No, I can't do it in this chair. No, that's that's that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>